from the HBP studio. You're listening to the 92nd episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP. It's a throwback. I'm back for today. It's the Carlo Calloway. And on today's podcast, we're celebrating two years. And we're going to be exploring today's topics, such as win the World Cup and the World Baseball Classic with Great Britain, look at our stopwatch and wait for the next pitch, have a heart-to-heart with uh, our favorite manager, Mr. Tony La Russa, and visit baseball stadiums in Chicago and New York. So, like every episode, I want to talk about what it is that we're drinking and anything interesting about that drink. And if you guys remember me, I never really had anything to say about my drink. I just tell you what it is I'm drinking and I'm drinking it. And I am bringing back an old favorite, Buffalo Trace Kentucky Bourbon on the rocks. And I'm going to have to refill soon because I was catching up with my man Dorian, who's here, drinking something himself. So what's going on, brother? It's been a while. I think that's the third or fourth time that you've been drinking, that you've been drinking Buffalo Trace Kentucky Bourbon. I think that you secretly have some kind of sponsorship with <laughs> But nevertheless, cheers, my friend. It's good to have you back after nine months or ten months, I think, that the last time you were on the podcast. Yeah, when you ran, you uh, walked off at like a, one of those nineteenth-century cowboys into the, the the great sunset. But I'm glad I brought you back. Uh, happy anniversary, happy second year anniversary, by the way. I can't yes. believe two years, just over two years ago, we were talking about having some kind of random wacky podcast that we would just drink and talk about baseball and. Here we are. Time flies fast. We've had COVID. We've had uh, an election. We've had uh, invasions. We've had life's births, laughs, whatever. All right. Anyways, so cheers to your bourbon. Cheers, I'm. Brother. I know you're. You're keeping it very America. You're. You're representing America. I'm throwing a curveball. I almost always have a local brewery, but this week because it's the second year anniversary, I, I did. I pulled out something special. I've been waiting for this. I, to Carlo. I've been holding off onto this. I only have like maybe what two fingers left of this bottle. Spayburn. I'm drinking scotch. A Spayburn 10 year old Spayside single malt, single malt, single malt scotch. I've been drinking before <laughs> from some random place in Scotland called Rocks Moray, Scotland. To Carlo, did you know that the Great Britain, the country that we spent a good amount of time in, has a baseball team? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And like two weeks ago in Deutschland, in Germany, they beat Spain in the qualifier for the World Baseball Classic. And I, I talk a lot about the World Baseball Classic on this podcast. It's basically the World Cup, but for baseball. And so, you, you know, you have teams from Pakistan, from Argentina, Nicaragua, Canada, the U.S., everything trying to get to the World Baseball Classic. Great Britain beat Spain on the, what is it, on the 20th of September in some place. Oh, my God. I, I remember I mentioned in episode 89. I don't know. Some random place in Germany. Yeah. So congratulations. That's why I'm drinking this because De Carlo's back and Great Britain made the World Baseball Classic. I'm going to have a drink along. Yeah. Congratulations to Great, congratulations to great Britain. And as you can imagine, DiCarlo, most of Spain's they lost the the qual the, the actual quote unquote champion European Championship qualifier. Mm. Guess how many of Spain's pl- baseball players were actually from Spain? How many? Like two. <laughs> really? Where else were they from? Where do you Where do you think oh, most Dominican of them were Republic. Dominican? Yeah. yeah most sense. of them were Domin- Dominican or Cuban. Yeah. 
And uh, I had to remember that because in Spain they have a uh, more of an open immigration exception for people from Latin American yeah. countries. So yeah, that makes and sense. Team Israel is going to the World Baseball Classic, and guess how many of their players are actually from Israel? One. Zero. <laughs> They're all uh, American. They're all American Jewish. Oh, all from like okay. the Upper West Side or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense too. <laughs> I love it. So when. Great Britain's going again, double, triple congratulations to them. They also have a lot of their players are not, they're not expats. They're just American players who have like British parents. And one of them, one of their best players is a guy called Harry Ford. No relation to Henry Ford or your Ford F-150. He's a prospect in the same, in the Seattle Mariners farm system. And he's playing right now at their single A, which is lower, but he still is a professional baseball player. For the Modesto Nuts. I love it. What a wacky name. So Ford was born in Atlanta. He went to high school in the Atlanta area. He was the 12th overall pick in the 2021 MLB draft. So this dude's talented. And one once, once, my God, this scotch is killing me. When they finally clinched Mike, uh, Mike, Harry Ford said, quote, I definitely didn't expect any of this. I mean, when I first thought of Great Britain, I definitely didn't think of baseball. And when I got here and saw the solid group of guys we had, I was like, oh, shoot, we kind of have it. We can have kind of a hit, end quote. I don't know if that last part was right, but I just kind of made it up. So, Carlo, what do you think the odds are that Great Britain, but at the same time, Great Britain is made up of four countries, but let's say England manages to win both the World Cup in Qatar next month and the World Baseball Classic in March of 2023. I don't know what the odds are for that to happen. It's pretty probably slim to none, maybe. I don't know, but it would be very cool. Where are you going to watch the World Cup? Speaking of the World Cup. Where am I going to watch it? Oh, I'll probably be wearing a ugly Christmas sweater, sitting on my couch, enjoying that. Like, That's fine. And whenever, I'm sure if Great Britain wins the World Cup or England wins the World England, Cup. England, yeah. Or Great Britain wins the World Cup, they're going to blow up all the social medias on TikTok, on Facebook, MySpace, YourSpace. High Five, do you remember that one? Mm, no, I remember <laughs> the homecoming one, though. I don't remember that one. That was the last World Cup, because remember they were they made it to the, and everybody Oh, I thought you were like, talking about social media. Oh, damn it. I'm, see, this is us drinking. This is what happens. We drink and we're all over the place. What was the other social media? I remember Friendster and... Uh, high Five. I never did High Five. Yeah. No. Like, for it's, me, I remember Friendster, then MySpace. Black Planet was the first one that really originated it, though. I had never heard of that Yeah, one. it was Black people, though. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. So, up-to-date social media. So, make sure you give our Twitter handle a follow. So at HBP4040 and our Instagram, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Give us a follow or not, or just like something or whatever. It's all good. Anyway, so what's up with the pitch clock? What's up with new things? This is we're looking into the future, by the way, is mm-hmm. next year. This is this is some this is news, but it's been kind of buried with a bunch of other news that's been coming out with baseball that there's going to be a pitch clock that they are going to introduce so therefore between each pitch there you're only going to have 15 seconds the, you as in the pitcher you're only going to have 15 seconds between each pitch 
or if you don't have any run, if the pitcher doesn't have any runners on base, the pitcher has 15 seconds to throw a pitch. If there, if there is someone on base first, second or third, there's going to be 20 seconds given to the pitcher before they, they, they are forced to pitch. And if they violate the 15 or the 20 second rule, then the pitcher is going to be penalized by adding a ball added to their count. So you could easily walk someone because you didn't pitch fast enough. They've already been doing this in the minor league for like the past two years. And they found everyone always complains to Carlo about how long baseball games. And I agree with them. I love baseball, but I think it's too long in the minor leagues. Since the, since the implementation of the, of the pitch clock games, they've shaved off an average of 25 minutes a game this season. How do you feel about that? I think that would be actually good. I think for the long term and uh, of retaining fans, but also just keeping it because a lot of the other sports move really relatively quickly. And depending on the type of a game, especially because you can have those long drawn out games that could be really daunting and very exhausting, especially if say you have two teams that are not high scoring, not really attractive, but if you could speed up the game a little bit, I think that would actually help. Um, so I don't think it's a bad idea to do that. I think it's actually would be a, a pretty good experiment to see. Because, I mean, of course, you're going to have your purists who will say, no, you're taking away from the integrity of the game by doing this. Like, what are you doing? But all sports are adapting and utilizing new technology that is available. And it also, in my opinion, yeah, it's going to take some time to get kinks worked out and stuff. But once it does, it does help. Because there's a lot of just, you know, a lot of just extra stuff that you find overtakes the game. So being able to slow, like to speed it up a little bit, I think that'd be a bad idea. I'm I'm against the people that are against speeding up the game. They're like, oh, that's the only sport besides cricket or even tennis that doesn't have a clock and you have to let it go. It's like timeout. Until using a timeout for like basketball or whatever, <laughs> which don't exist in baseball. We don't live Rutherford B. Hayes isn't president anymore. We don't live in a 19th century when this when this beautiful game was invented. We don't have the time for this. And you know what's really annoying is that in the middle of the season, the season runs from the end of March to my goodness, what uh the, now it's gonna be the beginning of November when the World Series ends. Let's say you travel, you go abroad, or you take a you know, you go to you go to some beautiful national forest in the US. Who knows? You go away for a week to Carlo. And you've missed so much, so many games. If you're trying to keep up, why are we trying to live as, as if we were an agrarian society in like 1880 or 1890 or 1910? That that's in the past. Like I love baseball, but the problem, the problem I I've, I've said this before. The reason why football is so popular because you're playing it once may your favorite team is playing once, maybe twice a week. So you know what? You're like, I can give up three hours to watch my favorite team. Are you going to give up three and a half hours, six nights of the week to watch your favorite baseball team? Honestly, come on. No, obviously not. I think this is a good thing. But there's also going to be some team. I think the one, actually now, I think two teams are going to be hurt by this the most. And that's the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. Because the Dodgers are masters of keeping their composure, never letting anything get to them, especially in, the, in those high pressure situations. So they're the Dodgers. The Dodgers batters what they do when it's a high leverage at bat at the end of of at the, the late innings in the playoff game. 
they step away from the batter's box. They do Zen. They breathe. They let they they, they try to take the, the air out of the, the stadium if they're on the road. And then they that's how they manage to get big hits. And last year when the Atlanta Braves were on their World Series runs, they've played the Dodgers so many times in the playoffs that they've learned from them. I saw mm-hmm. them and they, they started doing the same thing and it helped them. I'm not saying that's the only reason they won, but that's I think one of the contributing factors. But I'm all for the pitch clock to speed up the game because you don't have time to be watching five, six games that every single night go three and a half hours. Mm. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? I could sit back and understand why those who are not in favor of it because it, it could be from the perception of the fan and the ballpark. Because if you think about it, and it depends on where you are within the country, sometimes those are like parties within themselves. You know what I mean? Between the pitches, what's happening, the conversations that are going on, you know, the goings. Because being in the ballpark is like being in a, a little community. It's like a, a whole gathering. So by speeding it up, it could take it that type of sentiment away. But at the same time, baseball is a long game. It's longer than most other games that are played out, you know, played. So I don't think it's going to really diminish that too much. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it's an experiment. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then you at least have a blueprint to fall back on. So we'll see. There's, there's definitely no going back. Just like the, the National League now abolished the designated there. The National League is never going to. Yeah. Oh no, the they brought the uh, designated right or they bought them. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, not abolished. They, they, they abolished yeah. the pitcher hitting. I'm sorry. Well, because so that was never... a waste of time anyway. No, like that's real it, baseball. That's real baseball. Yeah, but it's not like that's real baseball when you're playing in the little leagues because then the best player on the team is your shortstop and your pitcher. But in the major leagues, when pitchers have been from college or like groomed to really just focus on pitching and their hitting diminishes. Like, what are they, what are they going up there for? Like, let's, let's get them just pitching. It's fine because then you preserve them. Your investment will last longer. You know, you're paying pitchers $300 million and stuff here and there possibly like you want to ensure that they're going to be able to play for as long as they can. Like why waste it? Why waste that? I mean, granted, it's not as though baseball is super active to the, you know, as such as say like other sports in terms of consistent moving and shaking, but still, you you want to make sure that their their physical attributes are maintained for as long as it could be. I'm all about having these baseball players be like basketball players, two way athletes. Like you're play in basketball, you have to play offense and defense. Sometimes you play offense worse than defense or defense worse than offense, but it's the same thing. So your right fielder is out there in the outfield and right field, and then three, four times a game, he's up with his bat. But I think I'm all for the pitch clock speeding the game up. The one thing it'll the one thing it will hurt is you as a spectator at the stadium. Because let's say there's a long line at, at the concession stand or there's a long line in the bathroom, you may miss one or two innings, depending on how popular the food is or how badly people need to use a restroom. Talking about restrooms, man, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm willing to take that risk on the food that I'm eating. And that kind of goes with our sponsor for today's show, Jake's Polish Sausage and Pippi. Think about it, man. Whenever you're coming out from like a late night and you really want something good, like, Dorian, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm like out, I don't want to think to myself late night, yo, let me get a salad. No, I want something that's going to make me stay up even later and probably will keep me up into the wee morning what wondering why I did this to myself, but it's worth it. 
And Jake's Polish sausage and pit beef is like that. So just keep this in mind. Whenever you want a quick bite, that will keep you up all night is Jake's Polish sausage and pit beef. I'm going to tell you this, DiCarlo. Cheers to also Jake's Polish sausage that allowed us to afford these delicious bourbon and this delicious scotch. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Jake's Polish sausage and pit beef are the reason that the good Lord invented antiacid pills. Did mm. I say that right? Ant and no, acid. antiacid, antacid. Antacid, yeah. Antacid pills to, so that you can actually sleep after you have that heavy uh, sausage and pit beef. I'm a big fan of, this has nothing to do with Jake's, This of um, brisket. I love brisket. Anytime I go to a barbecue place, I I make sure, I look on the, on the internet, on my phone, the computer, whatever. They have to have brisket. If they don't have brisket, I don't care if you have pulled pork, pulled leg, pulled whatever. Got to have brisket. And I think at Jake's Polish Sausage and Pit Beef, they also have brisket. So check yeah. them out. And, you know, I know another city that loves their Polish sausages. Yeah, Chicago. And uh, these last couple of months, everybody, I've been uh, like Andre 3000, just wandering around playing a flute and finding myself in random places. And one place I found myself in was in Chicago. And, of course, when you're in Chicago, you got to check out one or both of the stadiums i was fortunate enough to only get to check out one but i went to wrigley field and dory i don't know about you like what are your thoughts on chicago because i have a very i don't know it felt weird it was just eerily quiet and nobody around were you, were you dodging bullets that way that's why? no not at all like i was like i was in the north side um I, I went, you know, in the main, in the, in the center of the city and stuff, and like around the Riverwalk, the Magnificent Mile, all that stuff, around Lake Michigan, and there was like absolutely nobody in the streets. It felt like to me the best core, like example was N New York City after 9-11. It was just quiet. Jesus. Yeah, and so it like made me feel like I mean it was like part Gotham because you know, the latest Batman movies were made in Chicago and also just Gotham City kind of is a hybrid of New York and Chicago so it really had that like Gotham feel to it and the fact that it was really quiet I felt like Batman was like patrolling or something well that's why you felt safe and it was so quiet yeah I didn't feel safe I felt scared <laughs> I I to answer your first question I love Chicago dot 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 in the summer mm -hmm. and just like you my friend I was also in Chicago and we stayed in the Gold Coast which I'm told by someone that I that I knew is also called the the Viagra Coast, mm, interesting. because the Gold Coast is like the one of the more richer neighborhoods in Chicago. Mm. It's on the north side. It's right right by the water, and many gentlemen who are a little bit older with lots of disposable income like to have the company of younger, attractive women. And they take them to these these uh, very expensive restaurants in the Gold Coast. Uh, so you can imagine why it's called. We're not going to get too vulgar, but you can why, imagine why why it's called the Viagra Coast as well. But anyways, the Gold Coast is beautiful. And it was, when I was there, I didn't find it quiet. It was just Chicago. Fantastic food. By the way, some of the rudest drivers ever. Some of the rudest drivers ever. Oh, I didn't drive when I was there. I just I, I didn't I drive either, drive. but I saw mm. there were people honking the horn against people who were crossing the street when they had the right of way. 
I was like, what a bunch of animals. I thought that the Midwest was like this utopia of nice, you know, nice city, USA. Wrong. Chicago, bunch of savages. Beautiful mm-hmm. city, delicious food. But tell us about your Wrigley, Wrigley Field experience. Yeah, so Wrigley, old ballpark feel. It was really nice. and But it's old ballpark, but they've maintained it. Like, it really doesn't feel as old as it is. Like you could tell, like they've upgraded the seats. They have they updated the um, lights and all of the screens and stuff. So it was really nice in that end. And it was and luckily we were there on a nice day. It was relatively warm, but not too bad. But even in the ballpark, it was just quiet. It was almost like uh, like people were there. The Cubs were playing the Marlins, so it wasn't like oh, my those gosh. are two crappy teams though. Yeah, and the and the Cubs won. Um, but yeah, it was okay. It was, it was nice to be able to check that off the list and say, okay, I went to Wrigley Field. But, yeah, so that's that was my impression of it. It's a nice old ballpark, a place you want to see. You go to take in a Cubbies game, and then that's about it. I haven't been to Wrigley Field, and I definitely want to go. Did you did you put uh, – uh, you know you, you know that they have some kind of – one of those degenerate gambling sites on in, in that Wrigley Field. Did you go – put down $10 that some random player was going to hit a home run? No, I didn't. But you know, a lot of places, I think they're going to start putting that in uh city field in Yankee stadium as well, because now the gambling is legal in New York state. Like all the states that have legal gambling and do that. Just... Yeah. In Washington DC, they have the Washington nationals have some gambling book right outside of uh, center field. Yeah. It's all over the place. It but... might be MGM considering MGM has their yep. own. Like, you know, well, but the, let's not say this name because they don't pay us to, to Jake's pays us to drink this illicit scotch. The, the acronym that you just said doesn't. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm joking. By the way, did you end up, did you manage to go over to Wicker Park when you were in Chicago? No, I didn't. It's beautiful. I, I mean, that's not beautiful. It's, I love it. It's like the, that's like the art, that's like the artsy neighborhood just west of the Gold Coast, just west of the river of the Lake Michigan. Did you actually go into the water? I, I, no, I we, we walked by the water in Lake Michigan, but it's like, there's, there's like a beach there. Yeah. But I was like, you people, you Midwesterners are way are more braver than I am because I only get <laughs> I only get into the water when I'm in Florida. I don't I can't do cold water. But that was it was really nice. I was like, wow, people are actually going into Lake Michigan. And uh, so, yeah, go to Wicker Park. People go this very artsy. They have record stores. They have art galleries. They have delicious food. And we ate at this amazing Greek restaurant for dinner. It was it was amazing. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. And also in Chicago, there's another team who also this year suck just <laughs> just as bad as the Chicago White Sox. Uh, just, the no, the Chicago Cubs, right. This scotch is talking for me. We're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox, more specifically, as Carlo mentioned at the top of the show, our favorite manager, Tony La Russa. DiCarlo, I don't know if you've, you've kept up with the White Sox, but Tony, Tony La Russa, he hasn't managed since the 30th of August. The, the the bench coach Miguel Cairo was was anointed as the interim manager, and I think in the I, I mentioned this I think it was a last week's episode. In the first twelve games that Cairo was the interim manager, the White Sox won nine games. It was almost I felt like as if the White Sox players were like they were like relieved of this issue, and then we're gonna win. We're we we're, we got rid of Tony Russo. We're gonna win the Nat the National League, the American League Central Division wrong in like the 30 games 
that Cairo has been interim manager. They've been like 15 and 15. Right now, the White Sox are below 500, 77 wins, 79 losses. They're 11 games behind the Cleveland Guardians. The White Sox have already been eliminated from the playoffs. It's been an absolute car crash of a season for the White Sox. They were and they were World, World Series favorites, like favorites to go to the World Series. They were my pick to go to the World Series this year. Last year, they won 93 games. This year, they're lucky to win 84 games. It's crazy. And Tony La Russa, his he went for test in Arizona, which is the, the location of one of his many DUIs. And I'm not making fun. This guy, look it up. Tony La has had multiple DUIs. Very, very irresponsible, dangerous, and criminal. By the way, I want to make sure. To Carlo and I, yes, we're drinking, but we will not be driving no. After the end of this podcast. podcast. No, not at all. And plus, it, it doesn't make sense. There's too many options out there. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the White Sox season has been super, super disappointing. And by the way, DiCarlo, I also had a a White Sox podcast special guest here back like, uh, like in episode 70-something, Sean Anderson. He's one of the co-hosts of CHGO White Sox podcast. He came on. We were talking about the White Sox, like pre- pre- previewing their their season, and I was excited. I was I was excited to have him on. We talked all these wonderful things about the White Sox, and then they fell flat on their face. But Chicago, even though you don't, even though you shouldn't go to the Chicago to watch their two terrible teams this year, you should still go to get their delicious food. We went to a steakhouse, by the way. Going back, forget about baseball because Tony La Russa's a mess. Oh. Before we get back to the steakhouse, Tony, apparently the story that the white, I feel like this is like Russia or something, like czarist Russia, that they're giving out false narratives. So the story coming out of the Chicago White Sox organization of why Tony La Russa isn't coming back. Well, obviously he had a health issue, which we're not making fun of. We really genuinely hope that he recovers, that the Chicago White Sox doctors Inform, they didn't inform. They demanded that he did not return because he has a pacemaker in his heart. And he had some procedure in Arizona. And LaRusa then said, quote, health ain't nothing to mess with. I got checked in Chicago. And the reason I include Arizona is because that there's, there's been the place since the 90s. I've had physicals. Forget it. And cool. I'm not going to read the rest of the thing because I can barely read right now. He went to Arizona to have a heart thing. <laughs> and... God bless you, Tony LaRusso. We hope you make his full recovery. But I also hope that you never, ever return as a Chicago White Sox manager. Speaking of which, I went to a delicious steakhouse in Chicago in the Gold Coast to Carlo. Do you like steaks and all that stuff? I love steaks, especially a really, really good, like nicely well-made steak, medium or medium rare. Like... I like filet mignons. What mm-hmm. which one do you like? I am a T Bone fan, but I also like porterhouses as well. And ribeyes, I, I actually have. I, I find I, I consume ribeyes more than anything else. I will buy a delicious steak dinner. Up number one for my friend DiCarlo. Number two for Tony Larusa at Gibson's Bar. That's where we went. We went to Gibson's Bar and Steakhouse. Oh my god, it was delicious. I've been there multiple times. I will buy Tony La Russa a nice steakhouse. Steakhouse. I'm not going to buy you a steakhouse restaurant, Tony La Russa. I'll buy you a nice dinner at Gibson's Bar if you don't come back. 
but that, that's a very bad bribe because Tony the Roos has a lot more money than me. And he doesn't need a free a free steak at Gibson's. Oh, that's so delicious. But anyway, not yeah. only that, he has a pacemaker, so probably eating a steak won't be the best thing for him in the first place. Yeah, high <laughs> high sodium. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, it, it's but it, that means that the pacemaker helps regulate your heart so you don't get too excited because a lot of exciting things happen in all the baseball stadiums. And DeCarlo wants to tell us other exciting things that he came across in his summer of Andre 3000 ish. Yeah. So I also came back to my home place, which is uh, Yankee Stadium. And I saw most recently Yankees watching the Red Sox, which was actually last week. And, uh, you know, even though the Sox had a horrible season, the rivalry is still alive and thriving. Everything that you would think about Yankees Red Sox is true. You always, at Yankee Stadium, you'll get an obnoxious Red Sox fan, New England boy who can't hold his beer, who gets super drunk and starts mouthing. And there was this one guy, honestly, he had perfect timing. And shouting, Yankees suck! Like, it was just like, it would go quiet, and he would just say, Yankees suck! And then he'd just throw an expletive out there. And then when Aaron Judge was getting up, he's like, why are you all recording, guys? Here you go, do nothing anyway. Just getting it. And he just get progressively getting bad. And at first, I heard him, and I just start dying laughing because it was just, like, perfect and poignant and just hitting. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's, like, four rows behind me. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's only a matter of time. We're going to look back, and people are going to be they're gonna be fighting him. Sure enough, got to a fight with a couple of people right next to him, Yankee fan. And they start fighting, get thrown out of the game. You have to defend the Yankee honor, obviously, yeah. because, you know, they get paychecks from the Yankees, right? Yeah, no, I mean, but no, it's <laughs> like the guy got belligerent and was starting to mess with the fans. So, you know, it gets to the point you're out of game. All right, you're going to shout what you're going to shout. You're going to be whoever. But when you get, like, you know, you get a little bit more liquored up, unfortunately, people sometimes don't know how to hold their uh, their themselves when they're a little bit inebriated. And then so we're going to we're going to the Orioles game later to fight people, right? To the Orioles-Yankees game? No, nah, no. Nah, why would anybody want to do that? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we go do our kung fu over there. No, nah, I'm good. Um, then to my right, it was this group of big booty Dominican women eating cheesesteaks. So – at first, I'm like, man, these girls, man, they got they're pretty all right. And then they came back eating some heavy cheesesteaks. And then, unfortunately, I had the image of them being on the toilet after eating these cheesesteaks. So that was something. And then the funny thing is that you have groups of guys just coming and buying the beers. And, like, to the point, the guys almost start beefing with each other because they're clamoring over these girls. And in my head, I'm like, man, I wouldn't even want to talk to these girls because I can only imagine how bad they're going to feel later on tonight after eating these damn cheesesteaks. Then you have a guy who jumped on the field, start running around. So the game gets stopped with that. It felt like a party atmosphere. They're playing music, people getting up and dancing. Like, I mean, in good stuff, not just like Cotton Eye Joe. Like, thankfully, they got rid of Cotton Eye Joe. Was, it took like 25 years, but they finally did. And then, God. eighth, like, it was at the bottom of the eighth inning in the right field, like, bleachers. There was another fight that broke out. And I mean, a big one. They had to stop the game at this point to like, because people weren't watching the game anymore because this one guy, they were tussling and the guy was about to get thrown off the bleachers. It was, yeah. So it was, it was very, like, as compared to Wrigley Field, this was the greatest time I ever had. It was so, it was so much fun, man. And 
I mean, but that kind of to me, it was just thinking about because this year, this is the first time I was able to get back to the ballpark, you know, pre post COVID. And it, it was really good. It was fun. It was, it was good to be able to be in the park, to enjoy a game, to see all the colorful individuals acting as crazy as they ought to be and want to be. How do you know that the, 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 that these, quote, big booty Dominican women, end quote, weren't eating from Jake's Polish sausage? And they, and they also, and then, because those, the, as you know, that if you order any of the combo menus from Jake's Polish, it also comes with an antacid pill. So those those dudes that were buying them $27 beers, they would have been fine later, you know? I don't know, man. When they were eating cheesesteaks like that, all those green peppers and red peppers and onions... All right. So now obviously you told us there's a, like there was like five fights. There was big booty Dominican women. There was a obnoxious Red Sox fan. Unva- un- unmask yourself, my friend. Which one of those belligerent people were you? No, none of them. I just sat back and, was... and punched somebody in the face. No, not at all. You were the I... one that took your clothes off and went on the field. Nope. You were one of the big booty Dominican women. I only could whisper that. <laughs> no, I just was a. a... An interesting observer taking in the the festivities and sex. So obviously everyone is is on the edge of the seats. All this all this chaos happening in the, in the stands. I mean, who actually won the game? Or does that the even Yankees, matter? The Yankees won. The <laughs> Yankees won. As we know, Aaron Judge didn't hit a sixty first. They started blowing fireworks as soon as the game let out. It was a fun time. That sounds pretty cool. I yeah. yeah I'm, the last time I was Yankees in was with you, and we watched. My God, this was a long time. This must have been like four years ago. We oh. saw the Tampa Bay, the mighty, the mighty Tampa Bay Rays that had like five. <laughs> I It was me. I was wearing a Tampa Bay Ray hat and like three other dudes that I ran across. <laughs> the only Rays fans in all the Yankees. And the he's Dominican, not Dominican. So you got this Dominican thing in my mind. The Yankee Japanese pitcher. What was his name? The guy that had like uh, little- Tanaka. Tanaka, because he has a very we- he has a very unique delivery. He would like flap his his, yeah, his, flap his, his right foot, yeah, and then he would go. That Tanaka uh, Tanaka had a perfect game, if I remember, through like six or seven innings. It was a sad. It was sad. It was not the. It was not raucous, and it was not a fun atmosphere like you're describing here with the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. But you know what? Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run. I think last night or two nights ago. Two nights ago, I believe. Yeah. Let me ask you about Aaron Judge. I was initially going to say what's the big hoopla about it, but he hit 60 home runs. He may end up with, I don't know what, 63, 65 home runs. Mm-hmm. He's nowhere near the record. No, it, but he's the player in the post-steroids era who has not failed any drug tests. Who, you know what I mean? It's, it's. I think in that sense, it's, for one, he's breaking the Yankee record, so that was number one. Number two, it's, Okay, now you have somebody who's not tainted by that era, unfortunately, because Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds all, you know, were juicing up during that time. So I, I, when you look back Is that on, bad, though? Is that bad? I mean, <laughs> for the purity of the sport, yeah. For the time in which it happened, no. But for the history books and how people interpret sports, especially those who are found out to... History is boring. Cheating. You know that. No, no, no one's yeah. reading the history books. No, nobody cares. Yeah, these kids I mean, don't care about history. Yeah, but anyway, I think I think for the type of season that Judge is having, because it wasn't just 
home runs. He's batting for average. He's RBIs. Like he's had a solid, just good year. Like, I mean, he's definitely had a great season. And so that's just like an added cherry on top because it wasn't like, okay, McGuire was just sitting about the park, but was batting like 260. And Sam, he's sitting another park and batted 299. And then, you know, Barry and none Bonds, of those teams went to the playoffs, so except no. Barry, Barry Bonds' teams did, but the yes. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa's teams didn't go to the playoffs. No, not at all. And it, I mean, and also I think what stood out at that time, too, was baseball coming back from the brink of almost not coming back from the 94 strike to then have, you know, this big acclaim of, you know, 66 and 68 at that time. So, you know, it's it's a different time period, but it is special because it is one of those things that you don't see that ha- like happen often and even with our modern game because just a couple seasons ago you only have maybe a couple people hitting maybe 35 maybe one or two hitting 40 home runs and now you have Aaron Judge hitting 61 you know it's 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 bringing the long ball back into the game that, that's definitely needed because that's exciting because yeah you always even in football you use the term we need a home run hitter some dude that breaks off 60 70 yards who's capable of doing that all right let me ask you as the resident HBP Yankee fan, what do you see, what do you foresee the New York Yankees doing in the playoffs? That is a good question. I mean, if it was the first half of the season, if I was judging on that, the World Series all the way. But then the summer happened. <laughs> Life so, happened. Yeah, it was like, oh wait, no, reality struck. Oh, so like I, oh, only Aaron Judge can hit. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine in the playoffs. Yeah, no, they have to. Uh, you know what? If they get some, you know, now that you got some people who are coming off the injured list at the right time, they could make a run. But it really depends on the momentum that they get. Like they could easily get knocked out in the first round, or they could go all the way. And the playoffs are like that. It's very difficult to predict. I'm just gonna leave it in the air. I mean, I won't be surprised if they get eliminated, but then again, I won't be surprised if they go to the World Series and win it. Here's another question. Are you going to be fighting people if they win? And are no. you going to be fighting people if they lose? No, I'm too old for that, man. <laughs> You're not going to go karate chop someone in the throat if the, I don't know, um, the Cleveland Guardians knock them out? No, man. I don't want to hurt anybody with my karate. <laughs> well, here's another. Here's here's something else. Are you going to go to a playoff game for the New York Yankees? You gonna try to go if they're affordable. I mean, play, inflation is, is is a real thing, man. It's kind of difficult, and these these quote unquote experiences that they they try to market all of these things are. They, you you get to experience poverty if you actually exactly. do the experience. Yeah, exactly. It's like I I experienced a great three hours, but at the same time, I'm yeah, struggling I'd, to pay my bills. Yeah, I'd rather uh, three hours, or do you want to pay your mortgage, your rent? I, I mean, I don't know, but at the same time. The experience of paying your rent or mortgage you have every month, but the experience of going to a playoff game, you might have once or twice a year, right? Well, you could hope that once or twice a year comes along when you're not struggling to pay your mortgage or rent. At the same time, I am not a certified finance. I'm not a certified financial analyst or a wealth management expert. People do not take, you know, go to your certified people. Anyways, Carlo, it's been a wonderful two years. I'm happy to have you back. Yes. Talking about the New York Yankees, talking about the Boston Red Sox, talking about big booty Dominican women who may or may not, you know, be attractive after eating six cheesesteaks. Yeah. What, what is this, Philadelphia? And they of course, had good cheesesteaks at Yankee Stadium. Huh? That's crazy. Like, why would you? What is this, Philadelphia? By the way, Philadelphia. I've been wanting to go to what is it? What? What the heck is that? That field called? I don't know. We're gonna have to. Know. 
we're gonna have to call we're gonna have to call upon the uh, HBP um, the bullpen. Um, citizens, I just got to know Citizens Bank Park, but I hear there are a bunch of animals out there, yeah, like absolutely. like straight up animals. Like they'll go and beat you up or sucker punch you if you wear the jersey or the the hat of somebody else. So cheesesteak eating people at Philadelphia don't sucker punch me if I ever show up with an Atlanta Braves hat or a Tampa Bay Rays hat. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. All right, that that'll yeah. That, but at the same that, time, I don't want attention. you to get beat up. I don't really. They're, 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 they're going to pay attention. Everybody in Philadelphia listens to this. Yeah, they are. But Philly people are crazy. You'd be surprised. <laughs> They'd be like, "You're a hipster guy, right? Yo, I got something for you." So yeah. exactly. Yeah, they'll punch me in the face and they'll give me a cheesesteak to put uh the the like like you know like those old those old movies where they put the, the you put a steak on your eye for a black eye. Yeah, exactly. Like Rocky. Yeah, exactly. So we try to go out as this podcast, we try to go out all over the world in different stadiums to enjoy. But before we go, I definitely want to say again, cheers to uh, Carlo for finding himself or continuing to find him, find himself in the great journey of life in the great journey of New York Yankee baseball playoff experiences and people, good people like Jake's Polish, good people like, all our author past sponsors help pay for your mortgage or rent. You know, we don't know because, you know, you may be a trust fund kid. You may not. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, so cheers to all of our listeners. I'm happy Joe Carlo came back on our second year anniversary to talk about baseball, to talk about drinks, to talk about nonsense. It's been a good time. I've enjoyed myself, my friend. Yes, I've enjoyed myself, too. And, and with that, that's a wrap this, for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, or Spotify. But what about our new listeners, though? Don't forget oh, about yes. Them. Yes. So let's do this before I <laughs> mess up. So we want to shout out our new li- listeners in Hekilgen, Netherlands, Bengaluru, India, and Salu- Saluda, whether it's North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, or all three. Thank you for giving us a listen to. And uh, make sure that you do check us out on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, a picture of our drinks will be on Instagram and Twitter. So shoot us a like, especially if you like what we're drinking. And make sure we can get together again next week for a brand new episode of HPP Hipster Baseball Podcast. Peace out, people.